if Matt Murray doesn't get it together, Joey Decord, um, I can't talk enough about how good Joey Decord is. And he's put <laughs> a couple teams on his back. It, dude, just wait. Just wait. I know he's hurt right now. Just just trust me. Joey Decord, uh, goalie of the future. You'll see. You guys will laugh from now. How old is he? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I'll get back to you on that one. Let me go ask him. I feel like I've got to like do another Marvel podcast with maybe Pete. You haven't watched them though, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> now maybe I'll have to get Kobe and Matt on to talk about some Marvel stuff yeah. later. I'm going to try and get into Marvel this summer, but uh, it's so daunting when you haven't seen, like I've seen Black Panther and Spider-Man far from home and Iron Man one. That's it. So. Some good movies, you know, those are good yeah. movies. Those also look so randomly dispersed. Yeah, in the timeline. (laughs) Well, like, Iron Man 1 was, like, one of the first ones. Like, this is before I think a lot of people realized that there was going to be a universe. And then Black Panther I saw just because I heard so many good things about it and just as a standalone film. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Spider-Man Far From Home, my friends were just like, hey, want to go see a movie? (laughs) I was like, sure. (laughs) So You you see the uh, the new Shang-Chi trailer, Matt or Kobe or anyone? That's like the next Black Panther, I think. It's gonna take oh, off just oh. as just as well as Black Panther did, I think. No, I, isn't that a, isn't this like his sister takeover or something? For Black Panther? Yeah, that's what I heard. I don't know. And it's a yeah. Canadian actor too. Yeah. Yeah, that's for Shang Chi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Kim's convenience. Uh, that's pretty cool, especially because yeah. he like tweeted about playing that character like three years ago or something. Yeah, he pretty wanted cool. it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Wait, Kobe. I don't know. I don't know. Asian guys playing the Black Panther? No, 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 no. <laughs> Shang Chi. <No. laughs> I was saying like Shang Chi is gonna be on the same like level as Black Panther was when it came out. I think like it's gonna oh. do as well as it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I'm not familiar with Shang Chi, and I haven't watched the. Uh, um, I haven't watched the trailer for that. All right, but, it's um, a good trailer. You got. You should check it out. But anyways. Welcome back to Unlimited, everybody. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel, like the video, follow at Unlimited Pod on Instagram as well. I got some great guests today. Ryerson Sport Media students, they just released an outstanding documentary, and they're here to talk about it. Peter Barazino, Kobe Mitchell, Matthew Choi, how are you boys doing today so far? Excellent. Thanks for having us. Fantastic. Thanks a lot, Aiden. You're really good. Thanks, man. All right. No problem, guys. Anytime. All right, so yeah, documentary. We just got out of creating a outstanding documentary called On the Clock in a advanced sport media class with Joe Recupero this past semester. Really great class, learned a lot in it. Had a lot of fun working on this with you boys. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about it. I got some questions for, for each one of you. I'm not going to dive too far into it. I think people should just go and check out the documentary itself. So I will put the link in the description if you guys want to hop out of this call and and watch the video first and then come back you can do that um but yeah so i think i'm gonna hand it off to kobe to start at least because this was kobe's idea from the get-go so i just want to ask kobe how the idea kind of popped into your head and where you saw like the vision of this documentary going yeah so basically i was i was going back and forth between kingston toronto at the start of the semester and i went home for a weekend and I was talking to my dad and I was like, oh, like I've, we're doing this, uh, we're doing this documentary. And he goes, oh, it'd be cool if you could like use Kent somehow. And Kent is um, my buddy Tanner's dad who also coached 
watched baseball uh, with him. And I was like, you should, he's a scout for Vegas. Like maybe you could use him for something. Oh, that's right. And I started thinking, and I'm just like, what if we did something about like how COVID's affected the draft and scouts? He said, that's a good idea. And he goes, my dad, once again, uh, was telling one of his colleagues at work about this. And he's like, oh, like I know this Pittsburgh Penguins scout named Casey Torres. And I can see if I can connect you. And then that just made things even better. And then I came in, brainstormed with you guys. And then we came up with this great idea about getting the scouts angle of what's going to happen in the draft. And yeah, it went really well. Um, and I'm hoping that we can expand on it because it, it went really well. Yeah. And Joe was even telling us at the end, like, Hey, this could be something that we do later on moving forward. Cause there's more story to tell. So yeah, the, the documentary, it was about scouting and hockey and how the pandemic has really impacted the job of a scout and the upcoming draft uh, for these players, how they're being affected by it. Um, and in general, how the pandemic is affecting the NHL and, and hockey. Um, so yeah, like Kobe said, interviewed the scout from Vegas, interviewed the scout from Pittsburgh turned out really well. Casey was a great interviewer. I'm sure if you guys saw the doc, you were impressed by him and the way that he was able to speak and tell his story. Kent was great as well. Um, Matt, I'll go to you next. Um, Cause I know you had some like past experience, like making some videos and, and films um, in high school. Um, where would you rank this project um, amongst the past work that you have done? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> in terms of, like, projects that have, like, been the part of, like, the editing process of, like, I think this actually might be the best edited work I've done because I've kind of taken some stuff that I did, like, in past, like, throughout high school and, like, throughout, like, the first three years of virus, and I kind of, I really tried to experiment a little more with this like, edit. Like, you guys all mentioned, like, the open graphic. I've never done that before. This is like kind of the first time I've tried doing something like that. And I wanted to kind of like immediately hook people through like the editing. And I thought like the way edited could kind of tell like a more kind of concise story. Cause like Casey did an interview, he gave us a lot of like information. He gave like like he gave us like 40 minutes worth of like of like interview footage. And like the harsh part of it was trying to condense all of that into a 10-minute story, but still make the story like streamlined, still make it kind of focused and like without like feeling like there's like big like plot holes like kind of missing in the interview so like i kind of like was able to because i was able to kind of like keep it concise keep it like making like sense you know like there are parts like that i really like that i had to take out like parts where he was talking about i mean peter you asked me a great question i wrote in the interviews asking him like how much like how they when they're wrong about a scout like how they could like if they can go back on it and how they like they change opinions on certain players like i take things like that out but uh, so I, but with that i kept in like more focus on the actual ohl story and the ohl like, the story on the players so yeah i think this has just been like this i never worked on anything like this before and i think because of that and because of how like how much i had to work with i think it's definitely the most proud i've been of any of my projects i think yeah and and that intro too like the whole class was talking about it. It was really well done. When did you like come up with that idea in like the whole process? Did, did that idea kind of come into your head like early on, like you thought that could work well, or was it just when you started editing that you were like trying to figure out the intro and you're like, wow, that could, that could be really good. Or Funny story. Actually, I was, uh, I was trying to get ideas on how the editing, how to look at the document would be. So I was watching, um, 
I was rewatch. I was actually rewatching episodes of The Last Dance, and I noticed that like while as they they use text, it, it would like kind of appear in like order, like go like one after another, like downwards. And so I tried originally doing something like that, but I realized the way I was doing it, like it kind of appeared to like playing with the way like I was like kind of playing on screen. So I was like, how do I make it a bit more like pop on screen? How do I make it look more like grab your attention? Like, make it look more like like actually grasp people. And I was like okay, maybe I could have it appear through our frame. And that's how I incorporated this kind of scrolling look of it. And I realized that it kind of needed more sound effects to it. So that's why I added like, originally I had a clicking noise, but when you change it into on clock, I changed it to a more of a clock tick for every time the okay. uh, text scrolled. So I was, I was also just kind of experimenting it as I went along with that. Yeah, that was really, really well done. Um, I think we probably had the best intro out of any of the groups I'd like to say. And it was really just, it draws you right in to, to the documentary. And I was talking to Dana, we had Dana on the big league and that was the first thing that he brought up because we were talking about his documentary, but then he mentioned ours and he just said that intro was, was great still. So um, Peter, I know you, you came on the big league actually. And we had some discussion about the documentary when it was in its early stages. Um, Come a long way since then done the semester now. Um, but you, you mentioned that like documentaries and like long form storytelling is kind of like one of your passions now, and you can see maybe doing something like that in the future. So what would be one of like your biggest takeaways from this experience that you can, you know, use in, in your future working on bigger projects like this? That's a great question. Um, I think one of the things that I, I loved most about this, and I think we actually talked about it, uh, in the big league podcast was, at the time, like in the beginning, there was a lot of uncertainty with what direction we were going to take the story, right? We, we knew we had the NHL scouts and we knew we wanted to do a pandemic-based story, um, but we weren't exactly sure how we would frame it, especially because a lot of it was dependent on how our interviews went. Right. Um, so I think, I think in terms of future work, like figure, I, I enjoyed that kind of almost investigative type approach we took to this documentary without having a, a clear-cut story or or necessarily talking about something completely in the past but something that's ongoing um and I think that's something that I would love to to take forward in future projects is is really get into the nitty-gritty of stories that are happening to people right now and that will continue to affect people in the future so yeah I, I think that, I yeah, those... love this process yeah, it's like the most impactful form of, I guess, media, you know, telling a story from someone else's point of view and then seeing their reaction to it when it's done and completed. And Kobe, what did, what was Casey's reaction to it when, when you showed it to him or when you sent him the link? He thought it was awesome. He really liked it. Um, he's really happy that it came together for us. I told him that we did pretty well. We got lots of uh, praises from our prof and classmates. He was very happy about that. He was surprised that there was a, there was a lot of him. He's like, oh, there's a lot of me. And I'm like, well, uh, you gave us so much that it was hard to talk <laughs> out, and uh, that was awesome. I didn't, I, I didn't hear back from Ken. So um, his son, though Tanner, commented when I posted on Instagram. He said, "This is wicked." So, and Tanner usually speaks for his dad most of the time. Uh, so, I'll, uh, I'll accept that. That's good enough. So. Yeah. And Kobe deserves a big shout out for getting these guests in the first place too, because we wouldn't be doing this documentary if it wasn't for him trying to coordinate. And we had some hiccups along the way, but um, it worked out in the end. So yeah, um, like, remember when the location like canceled us like literally the, the day before. Yeah, that yeah. was so annoying. The day before. <laughs> yeah, 
Like I was like all week, I was like calling the Mrs. Center, couldn't get a hold of them, finally got a hold of them. They call me at the worst possible times. Um, I finally, I finally get on the phone with them. They're like, yeah, 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 we can work something out. Sign this, do this, do this, do that. I'm like, okay, cool. And then Matthew started communicating with them as well. And next thing you know, they're like, no. So I'm like, what? Are we gonna film in a Woodbine Park or something? So um, yeah, fortunately we were able to make something work in my living room. Uh, but it looked really good uh, with the camera work and everything. It, turned out fine so yeah. what a cool and right though but uh, and then COVID will be able to pull it off exactly yeah and then kent also canceling on us like the day before too saying he has to go to quebec right kind of um, cool though like he literally had to cancel because he had to go and scout in quebec so that almost i don't know i just thought i thought that was kind of cool actually so. i think that worked out though because we had to do it on zoom as well and that just you know provided a lot more to the documentary and it uh, like the change of doing one in person and on zoom we talked about that we we had that in the back of our heads anyways so it worked out well um so yeah um yeah you can find the documentary I'll, I'll just put the link in the description it's on kobe's instagram it's on my instagram um yeah anything else we we should touch on with the doc it was it was great it's been fun working with you guys um I think that's it. I think just go check out the doc, share it with whoever you want. Uh, it's a great documentary and drop a thumbs up on the video. I think Matt, Matt posted it on his YouTube channel. So drop yeah. a thumbs up there. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for all the support on the doc. Let's talk some hockey. Cause we had some good discussions about hockey throughout working on uh, this documentary as well. Uh, long drive to uh, Kingston. Shout out Peter for, for driving us there. And we were talking about some some NHL, and uh, hey, why not do it as a podcast now? Because there is a lot to say. Um, we got a Flyers fan, we got a Capitals fan, we got a Senators and a Predators fan, and a Leafs fan. And I guess you guys are well. Kobe's not a Leafs fan, but Peter and Matt are kind of Leafs. I'm fan. a Leafs fan first. I'm a okay. Leafs fan first. Peter's a Leafs fan first. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Leafs fan. A clear second. A clear second. <laughs> exactly I'll, I'll clarify i'm a Nashville fan but ottawa's a very close second as well all right fair enough you gotta you gotta pick the better team right so oh yeah. I, I haven't so yeah it's... <laughs> anyways let i yeah we we got a very well mix of a different personalities here on the show but um i want to start with the leafs because hey i'm a leafs fan toronto based show uh nick felino and dave riddick at the trade deadline so, you know, you, you had the forward depth, you had some experience, but then you add the backup goalie in Dave Riddick, who obviously didn't have the best uh, performance a couple nights ago. Uh, but moving on from that, the Leafs were also coming off of a five-game losing streak, but they snapped that on Thursday night. Big win against the Jets. I just want to know, and I guess I'll start with Peter, since he is the Leafs fan here. Um, what's your confidence level now with this team finishing off the regular season strong? and then heading into the playoffs. So where, where are you at in terms of confidence as a Leafs fan in this team? I feel pretty good, you know, especially, you know, being a longtime Leafs fan um, and having seen, you know, our starting defensive pair be like John Michael Lyles and, and like Cody Franson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I am, I'm, I'm much more confident in this team than in years past. I think our defense statistically is is better than it's ever been. Um, and I really like the addition of Nick Felino in terms of the grit and leadership he adds. 
Um, I'm a little bit worried about the goaltending situation. I can't lie. Um, I think it is a little bit up in the air, like whether or not Freddie will come back strong um, off the LITR or LTIR, uh, whether or not Jack Campbell can return to form. It's, uh, it's a little bit scary, but I, I definitely like our chances getting out of the Canadian division for sure, the North division. Okay. I think that's pretty high confidence then because – you know, as a Leafs fan right now, I'm even worried that they might not make it out of round one. But you're saying out of round two right now. Okay. I, so, so I say I, that's really high confidence. <laughs> Why don't you think we'll beat the Canadians round one if we face them round one? Because we're the Leafs and because we haven't won a playoff series in the Matthews era yet. And I don't think anything is like a for sure thing. Yes, we are better. We should be better than Montreal. We should be better than Edmonton. And Winnipeg is is close to that tier, I would say. They're probably going to be our toughest challenge. But Montreal might be more of a playoff-style team, more grittier. Ottawa's not making it, or else you guys would be in a lot of trouble. Right, yeah, we'd be screwed. I feel like we have a losing record against Ottawa this year. I don't know. It's probably pretty even. It's like Ottawa will have some really funny, hilarious game that will embarrass the Leafs, but then like the Leafs will come back and just like win the next like two. So uh, it's very. I mean, you guys might have the edge to be honest, but you know. Yeah, oh, I think we, we, uh, we would definitely have the edge. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, on every hey, level. <laughs> hey, well, hey now, just wait, just wait a few years, and uh, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see what happens. Yeah, no, the, yep. the Sens will be good in a few years for sure. I I can't argue with that. They have a great young team, and they've surprised people, even though uh, they've been like in the bottom of the standings. I think. Also, other than like the Leafs, I think. All centers have probably the second most promising future from the Canadian teams at the moment. Like they, they're yeah. most set for having been good in a few years. Because like funny, I, I would have said Vancouver like last year. Or the last year, year I was in Vancouver, but this year is. Oh, I was saying Ottawa last year too. Before we drafted Tim Stutzla and uh, Jake Sanderson, I was still like Ottawa still has a really nasty future. Um, so just wait. There's a lot of a lot of promise. Um, there but yeah goaltending's a little great but hey uh if matt murray doesn't get it together joey decord um i can't talk enough about how good joey decord is and he's put <laughs> a couple teams on his back it, dude just wait just wait i know he's hurt right now just just trust me joey decord uh goalie of the future you'll see you guys will laugh from now how old is he? i have no idea um <laughs> i'll get back to you on that one let me go ask him um he's a cool dude though um my uh he my this kid I know that uh he DM'd him like this little goalie kid um DM'd him on Instagram and I just like talked to him. He's like, I don't know, like probably like 10 years old. And apparently Joey Decord sent him an autograph rookie card um in response, which is really cool. So I also know he's a really sick guy. So uh, therefore he will win the Vesna, anyways. If that happens, therefore he will win the Vesna. Therefore, Wait, Joey Decord's <laughs> winning the Vesna one day. Just trust me, you'll see. I'd like maybe to on a on different record. team exactly against that and say Joey Decord will never win a Vesna trophy. <laughs> you can keep that on record. Yeah, I think that's the safer bet here, Kobe. But especially not with the Senators, right? It's got to be with a different team. And in all seriousness, I, I know, I know, I know. Hey, but Matt Murray's got two shutouts in the past week, so don't count him out yet. That would have been a great fantasy pickup. I should have picked him up, but I, I had no faith in the Senators. But who they beat, was it yesterday they beat, was it Winnipeg? Oh, no, it wasn't Winnipeg. Um, Vancouver? Oh, they, shut out, they shut out Vancouver, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, and remember when Vancouver came back um, from yes. on the COVID this for, what, like a month or something like that? 
and uh, who do they beat in overtime? Oh yeah, the Leafs. And who did they beat the next night? Oh yeah, the Leafs. Well, yeah. speaking of comebacks, Kobe, how about that Chicago Blackhawks comeback against the Nashville hey. Predators? <laughs> Congrats! They're set. They're what? They're seven one against us this year. Congratulations, <laughs> Chicago. Um, yeah, I know the team just broke down. I remember I was watching the game. Uh, I forced my girlfriend to watch it with me because I'm like, I have to watch it. We've got like nine games left, and uh, I remember um, I missed a cunning goal. Um, I was making food. I come back in. I see it's four one at the beginning of the third period. I'm like, right on. We're good. It's breezy. Let's just play some good hockey. And then, uh, and then, yeah, everything shut down, which was terrible. And I, wow, that was awful. But hey, then last night, UC Soros comes back after that was not UC Soros' fault whatsoever. Um, then Soros comes back last night. The true mark of a of a starting goalie shuts Chicago down. From they they scored one goal and it was with like a few minutes left and it was a that was kind of an iffy goal. But still, uh, UC Soros. That guy might actually win. We're talking about Vesna, obviously not this year, but someday, someday UC Stars will win a Vesna because that guy has put Nashville on his back this year. He is one of the singular reasons why, if we pull it off, Nashville makes the playoffs because of UC Soros has been phenomenal. I agree with that. Yeah, I can't stop talking about UC Soros. And Mikhail Granlund has also been an absolute workhorse. Um, so those two guys have been very key in our. I don't even know push that was so funny I remember just like I did not think we were making the playoffs like a month ago I remember when everybody was talking about like trading off like at home Granlin everyone I'm like yeah like maybe like Granlin and like a few other guys but I didn't never I never thought we were gonna trade at home and then he went off when uh uh Yossi and like basically our entire team was hurt and uh at home was awesome and then I'm like we're not trading this guy and then uh, next thing you know we're in a playoff spot so anyways there's my Nashville tangent uh me scoos I don't think they're going to hold off Dallas, to be honest. Yeah, I'm a little worried, but why not? Dallas is playing must-win games against Detroit and losing 7-3. Um, I don't know. I don't know. They're, they might get Sagan. If they get Sagan back and, like, he actually does something, then, yeah. I'm, I'm worried. They're, um, I'm way more worried about Dallas than, um, than Chicago. Like, I'm not – like, Chicago, yeah, like, I'm not worried about Chicago at all. Um, but, yeah, Dallas, I think we're up, like – what, if we played 49 games and I think Dallas has played – 46 46 games yeah so yeah it's gonna come down to the wire i'm not gonna be shocked if uh dallas edges us but hey right now i'm feeling i'm feeling okay um i'm i'm not getting much sleep about it but yeah i am i'm very worried about dallas but you know is what it is i mean they're, they're one of the cup final last year i would expect them to make the playoffs and um jason robertson has been fun amazing yeah he, uh, he went to Fun fact, I got detention one time because he went to my high school because uh, he played for the Kingston Frontenacs. And I remember um, the Frontenacs like went and had this like special study room because they like didn't have as many classes. There was something up when you're in the OHL, like you're sick, right? So like you don't have to go to class as much. And um, there was a special room that like doubled as like a room for the fronts to like do schoolwork and have study hours. And it was also the detention room. So I got detention um, and uh, he was in there. And I think I think we talked for like a minute yeah so uh yeah there's my claim to fame uh i talked to him when i was in detention so uh yeah what you cool, talking about i want to know I what you talked about I don't, now. Rem- I don't remember i think i was i, I just don't i think i'm gonna like i don't remember what we talked about but um it was very uh, it was a very like yeah hi how are you and uh yeah yeah he dated, uh, he dated somebody i was friends with though so yeah 
think his I think his dad was in the notebook. Apparently, everybody always said that his dad was in the notebook. So, um, I, yeah, I tried to find it, but I couldn't. But everybody's like, "Yeah, his dad is in the notebook," and I'm like, "I don't know if his yeah, I don't know." What I love about Jason Robertson is that he's known as Nick Robertson's brother when he's yeah. had so far way more yeah. success in the NHL and way more opportunity to play. The guy's right behind uh, Kaprizov right now in rookie points, I believe. Yeah. He's, uh, he's been stellar. I he's, think he uh, could win the Calder. I, I yeah. think he can catch up. Yeah, there. genuinely. Yeah. I, I would love to see that. Especially if um, if Dallas makes the playoffs and he's like a big part of their last, like, what, they have like 10, 10 games, I'm going to say. I think they have, yeah, they had 11 the other day. They have 10 games left now. And if he really pops off even more or continues at the pace he's at, I think absolutely. Because I don't know, are the Wild are the Wild holding on to a playoff spot right now? Like they are, aren't they? Cam Talbot is playing insane. So yeah. I think they I think they're, they're pretty close. Yeah. Or they're around. They're hovering. Yeah. So we'll see. They're in third. No, they're a lock. They're a lock. They oh, are lock. way oh. up on, on Arizona. They got 63 points. Then the Coyotes have 45. So they're they're making but the playoffs. St. Louis has got games in hand on the Coyotes. Yeah. I don't think the Coyotes are going to make the playoffs. Yeah, as the Coyotes. Much as I would love make. to no. see Phil Thrill have one last ride. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, wow, it's actually really tight. Like even the Kings, like the Kings will make the playoffs, but they're only five points back of a playoff spot, four points back of the Blues with the same amount of games left. That's surprising oh, really? to me because the Kings like weren't supposed to be good at all they're supposed to be like near the bottom of the standings and i'm sure they still are close to the bottom but they're still second last in the division like yeah still sec uh yeah still second last in the division but only five points back of a playoff spot so i guess that division is kind of really top heavy you got vegas you got colorado and then minnesota and then the rest just kind of you know dials off a lot um but let's go back to the leafs a little bit here um because i do want to get matt's opinions on on the leafs um as a Leafs slash Flyers fan, um, where do you where do you think? Um, actually, let's see. How far do you think that the Leafs should go? Do you agree with Peter that that they can make it out of the second round this year, or or not? That's the question. That's the deal breaker. I believe they definitely can, and because if I'm being completely honest, the biggest the biggest concern of them not getting past like the Canadian division is like. It's not anything really about the team itself. It's simply the fact that they are the Toronto Maple Leafs, and things like this just seem to happen. But if you're trying, if I, if you if you can look at it objectively, and like, and since I am kind of like an outsider towards most Leafs fans, like I kind of see as a team, is this good enough to be passing the Canadian Division? Like that's like a guarantee because they are like, of course, everything's subjective, but they're clearly the best team in the Canadian Division right now. There's no excusable reason as to why they wouldn't be the team that comes out. And of course, like anything can happen in hockey. Like, we all know like everything's unpredictable. But in terms of whether or not they can, they definitely they definitely are the favorites to leave. And there's no explainable reason on why that wouldn't be the case. But I mean you're facing you're probably facing the Habs like first round, right? That would Whereas, be the like, projection right now. Yeah. The having the the way Habs play it's kind of Sorry, can you guys see that? Nice. Holy crap, I'm so sorry, boys. Like, no worries. I was like, the Habs, like, I feel like the Habs, they're, the way they play is kind of built to stop a team like the Leafs. They're kind of built to kind of stop, like, these, like, fast offensive teams like Toronto. But I think Toronto's just too talented to lose a seven-game, a best-of-seven series against a team like Montreal. Like, I think 
they're too good on paper. Matthews is the best goal scorer in the league right now. I think we can all agree on that. And I guess there's a lot of question on the goaltending, but I'm not that worried about Campbell and Freddie, or even like if Freddie can play even Rick, because this is more depth that Toronto has. It's still, even though they've been kind of like shaky the last few games, this is more depth, more depth that Toronto had in goaltending than they had in like any year I've seen them, to be honest. So I don't think there should be too much concern on the Leafs right now. I think the only concern we've seen from the past few days is we expect more from the Leafs now because they've shown us that they are capable of, of being a good team and they shouldn't be losing games to Vancouver. But I don't think that's a reason to worry about them going forward because we should expect more from them and I think they'll deliver for the most part. Yeah, I think the Vancouver like two-game series, you can't really look too much into it. Like The first game, Braden Holtby stole the show on us. Yeah. And we had so many scoring chances in, in that game. We should have won it. And it was an overtime. Like, we got a point out of it. Campbell really shouldn't be letting that goal in from Horvat as well. And then the second game, you can also kind of write it off. Like, I know I'm a Leafs fan. Like, I shouldn't be saying that stuff. But David Riddick was awful in that game. And he oh, cost awful. us at least three goals. So that shouldn't really happen at all. That's inexcusable for Riddick. Um, but other uh, than that, I think we played okay. happened to Riddick again, though, as well. Like... Is that something, you don't think it will? I don't think that's going to be the regular we see from Riddick or the regular we see from Campbell. Like he's like kind of giving back goals. Like they're not going like they're not the best goalies to have like in the league. But like, I don't think like it, I don't think we can really need to expect that to be the normal yeah. for Riddick to always let these kind of bad goals. And I still t- I I trust Riddick way more than I trust Hutchison. And yeah, I know yeah, Hutchinson exactly. had had some good games, but I trust him way more. He's big save Dave. He's gonna save he's gonna Dave. Come up. <laughs> do you think okay so so if anderson doesn't come back right say he's say he's not even ready for like the first round of the playoffs do you guys trust campbell and riddick to win you around that tandem 100 percent. okay especially it's important to keep in mind like if you think about these past few years where you know it's always been close between the leafs and habs no matter how much better the leafs actually are than the habs but one of the reasons the games have always been able to go either way is because of Carey Price and Carey Price is just not where he's been he's hasn't been the same guy this season and so if he can't get it together for the playoffs uh I don't think the goaltending matchup will be I don't think there'll be a lot of disparity there and I think the Leafs will prevail on goal scoring alone that's true uh, yeah also the when this leasing versus Montreal the question isn't really going to be on the goaltending it's going to be can the Leafs score on Montreal like, can they score outscore them it's not going to be because Montreal, they don't have, like, they, is there not going to be high scoring from Montreal's end? If anyone's going to be scoring the goals, it's going to be the Leafs. So you just have to be able to make sure that Leafs can get, kind of get past Carey Price, get past the Montreal's, like, in, in their own end. And, like, it's not going to be as much worry as will Montreal like, score too much for the Leafs, you know? Like, I I don't think Leafs are in a bad position against a team like Montreal's offense. No offense to all, any Montreal fans listening. <laughs> I okay. Well, the one thing I'm at with Montreal is that I I just feel like they play more of a playoff style game. They're physical. They have some bigger bodies. I feel like Josh Anderson is kind of like your typical playoff guy. I can see him kind of going off in that series. Um, so that does kind of lead me to some question marks about whether the Leafs can win the series. But they should. They should win the series. And if even if Freddie isn't healthy, I do trust Jack Campbell to win a series. If if Campbell and Freddie were injured and it was just Riddick, maybe not so much. I would be really, you know, um, scared, honestly, if we had to go with Riddick in as the starter um, and Hutch backing up as well. 
Um, cause if things go wrong for Riddick, you don't want to have Hutch in, in the net, but I feel com- comfortable if Campbell and, and Riddick are, are healthy enough to win us one round. But what about like moving past that, the first round and, and winning the Stanley cup is Jack Campbell. <laughs> yes, Kobe. I know you're laughing, but it could happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, we, I know we, it could happen. I know, I know it could happen. It's uh, I know without, I know like you guys, you guys don't, I think if you guys get over the first round, hump. Huh? And plus, you don't have to play Boston in the first round. You know, come on. Like, it's right there for you guys. Just take it. No Boston um, in the first don't round. Don't say it don't like that. Up. Don't say even it like it's easy. Play Boston. Hey, but may, and, you know, maybe this year, if you if you get out of Canada, get out of that division, go to, like, the third round. And, yeah, maybe you will play Boston. But, hey, you're already over that hump. You know, maybe, just maybe you guys will be able to, to edge your way in there. And, um, yeah, the, the, the goaltending, um, listen, yeah, like, like Campbell and Riddick aren't terrible combos. There have been worse combos going into the playoffs. Um, Riddick had a good year a few years ago, and he was kind of in the shadows of Jacob Markstrom this year, who's phenomenal. Even though the even though the Flames have been pretty buns this year, uh, Markstrom's still one of the best goalies in the National Hockey League. And yeah, um, Jack Campbell, yeah, he is uh, he is the Walmart version of uh, the Hamburglar. But um, you know, he's starting to gather some some pretty nasty starts this year. So um, I think yeah, in the Montreal series, like either way, um, I think the Leafs should win. I, I think they should win. And I think if there's ever been like a year to like go deeper in the playoffs, I'm not saying a year to win the cup, but if there's ever been a year to actually like make a deep push, it's definitely this year. Um, but you, mm-hmm. you guys are the experts. I don't watch these games. I, I watch the Leaf Sens game. I watch every Leaf Sens game, but I don't sit down and say, oh yeah, I'm going to watch a Leafs game. Uh, so you guys watch a lot more. But from my outsider perspective, uh, yeah, Jack okay. Campbell. Walmart hamburger. All I'm saying. Let's keep going on this hamburger thing, I guess, then, because that was an interesting comment. I don't think Campbell is a okay. So for for well, actually, do we really want to talk about this? Andrew Hammond was kind of just like a one year kind of guy, right? <laughs> he just came in later and and helped them make the playoffs and didn't really do anything. Jack Campbell is more of a bona fide starter, I think. Oh, um, absolutely, and- but uh, it's just I don't know. I just think. Uh, because everybody's talking about his, like, miraculous winning streak and stuff. But, like, he did that, like, spread out. Like, it's not like he started 11 consecutive games. They were, like, 11. Didn't it span from, like, last season, too? Uh, I don't know about that. No, I think it was from the start of this season. Still, like, he was he was a backup. And everybody was just, like, going absolutely berserk over. I just thought it was overhyped. And um, the Hamburger comment is just a joke because, like, you know, uh, Andrew Hammond is the reason Ottawa made the playoffs that year. Um, yeah, they lost in the first round to uh, to Montreal, but Hammond put that team on his back, and uh, it's just funny just seeing all the Campbell stuff because he like he hasn't he wasn't he hasn't been that good. Like even like the game that he uh, the game that he like was that he the eleventh win, like the last win that he got like in the in the streak against Ottawa. That was awful. That was yeah, terrible. That was bad. And even still, like he 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 lets him some very soft goals when they shouldn't go in. So it's just funny because um yeah, I don't know. It was just a joke, realistically. Yeah. But um I don't know. You, okay. I like set up. 36 is a cool number. Yeah, I like the number. Um I think it's a decent tandem. Like it can definitely lead you places. Um the Stanley Cup, I don't know. Let's let's hope it is. That would be an amazing story if Jack Campbell was to actually win the cup after everything that he's gone through in his career and this season and winning the cup. But I do think Frederick Anderson is kind of the ace up 
our sleeves if he does come back and returns to his former self, what he was in his first four years here. If he was able to do that for us this year, then I think we are legit contenders because um, we need that that number one goalie. I think every team that wins the Stanley Cup needs to have a goalie that stands on their head. And if Campbell isn't that guy, if Riddick isn't that guy, and if we have a healthy Frederick Anderson, then he's the guy we need. Kind of like what what Tampa's going to have with Kucherov coming back for the playoffs. Just an elite guy that just puts you over to the next level. And I think Anderson can be that guy for, for the Toronto Maple Leafs if he goes back to the way that he was playing before this season. Because this season, not good. Even when he was healthy, I don't know if he was actually healthy. That's what he was saying. He's saying he's dealing with the injury. That's why he's been playing bad. But he's got to step it up um, um, if they, if they want to make a long run here. But we've talked enough about the goalies, I think. Um, I, I feel, feel like we have talked a lot about the Leafs in, in general. Do we want to talk anything more about them? Um, what, what are, here, here's a question. Nick Foligno started on the first line with Matthews and Marner. Is that somewhere that you guys think that he should stay playing, or do you think that he should drop in the lineup, maybe play the second or third line? I like him on the first line, personally. I thought I thought he for his first game, I thought he played very well. I think he finished plus one, plus minus. He got his first point, even if it was just on an empty netter. Um, I the reason I don't want him on the second line is because I really like Galchenyuk on the second line. And so remember I when don't I told wanna... you guys, sorry to interrupt, remember we were in the car and I was like, Galchenyuk's playing determined, awesome hockey in Ottawa. He wants to be there. You guys, and you guys are like, oh, uh, yeah, Galchenyuk. And I was like, trust me about Galchenyuk. And look at, look at, look at this. Sorry to cut you off. Keep no, going. he's, yeah, you're right. He's played super, super well. Uh, it was certainly a bit of a gamble on Kyle Dubas's part, but I think it's, I think it's paid off. And so I think the first line is really the best option for Nick Foligno because obviously I don't see him being able to really hold up the third line offensively. And so I, I think I think his play will be boosted by playing with Matthews and Marner as opposed to uh, playing him on the third line. Um, and I, I just don't want to break up that second line personally. Yeah, I, I think Galchenia could even play like with that Matthews line, like he's been that good. So maybe you flip-flop that around because he did have the chemistry with Matthews and Marner when he did play on that line, I think for one game only or maybe two games, and he looked great. He's looked great in general, just the the passes he makes, um, just the offensive ability. He's on the power play. Um, yeah, he's been a terrific addition. Um, but the third, the third line now, I think if you have Foligno playing in the top six, that third line is just dominant. If you have a healthy Mikheyev and Kerfoot, I guess, and, and Hyman, that's an elite third line. Or you replace Hyman and put him in the top six and move Felino down to the, the third line, but I don't think that's good enough. I think if you keep Felino in the top six, it's just a lot more balance. Matt, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I was going to say this too because, like, you know, I love it when Hyman plays in the top six because he just he just does so much, like, he, he allows, like, the the main, like, scores on the team to kind of – he allows, like, Matthews to be Matthews, allows Martin to be Marner. I think for the whole benefit of the team, Felino's kind of – he should be on the first line and let Hyman kind of help boost that third line more. Because Felino, as much as he offers, he his best contribution will be kind of just adding that grit to that first line, you know. And, like, you know, if you bring it to the third line, it, it doesn't really – I think you can also switch Hyman and Felino around. I think you can put Hyman in the first line, put Felino in the third line. 
but I think the third line just looks better with Hyman there instead of Felino. And then in the first line, it doesn't damage the first line regardless. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, Matthews and Marner themselves can hold up any line. You can put anyone yeah. along with them. And then same with Tavares, Nylander, kind of. But then Galchenyuk is just a nice piece to to have there as well, the offensive upside. And then the third line is kind of like your shutdown line with Mikheyev, Kerfoot, Hyman. Then the fourth line, you could have a veteran line, or you can put in Nick Robertson, or you can put in Riley Nash, which is a guy that we aren't talking about at all right now in Toronto. He's a right-handed centerman that they picked up, kind of a, a low-key trade that they made just for his salary cap purposes. But I think he might have a legit shot at making the team come playoff time. Um, so, yeah. We're, I think we're we'll hyped. see Riley Nash. I think we'll see Riley Nash for sure. I think he'll play. I would love to see Riley Nash over Pierre Engvall. That's for sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, I, you know, I'm not taking Jason Spets out of the lineup. Um, and I, I think Riley Nash will be a really good addition to our penalty kill. Um, and I think, I think that was a smart move by Dubas overall. I'm, I think he, I think he's a good depth piece personally. Who comes out of the lineup? Is it Thornton? Is it Simmons? You said it's not Spezza. So it's gotta be one of those two. I, I hate to say it, but personally, I, I would say Joe Thornton. Um, as much as I love Jumbo Joe and I want to see him win a cup this year and he'd still win a cup regardless, even if he's not playing. Um, I think, I think his speed is becoming or lack thereof is becoming a serious issue. And obviously his, his scoring touch apart from, you know, an assist on Spets's goal that looked like his goal originally uh, the other night, I think his scoring has really deteriorated and I've been frustrated watching him on the power play. That's for sure. So I don't know. I, it's, it's a tough decision, but I, in terms of playoff hockey, I like Simmons more in our lineup. So, yeah. Yeah. I can see that too, but yeah. like, it will be tough to, to see Thornton come out of the lineup, but injuries happen all the time too. So I'm sure, you know, he's the next guy in, if someone gets hurt, then he's got to go into the lineup and they can always flip flop. You know, if, if uh, Galchenyuk isn't working one night and they want to bump Thornton up, then they can do that. Um, let's hope it doesn't get to that. Let's hope Galchenyuk keeps riding this hot streak he's in. But they got a lot of options. Robertson, like we said, a lot of speed. If you're lacking speed, even on the bottom six, you can put him in. Engvall. Uh, Adam Brooks has looked great, too. I don't think he's going to make it into the playoff roster, but he's been great. He got a shorthanded goal um, is it last night or two games ago. Um, they, they got a lot of weapons. They got a lot of, uh, offensive depth defense is kind of a question mark right now. What are you going to do with, uh, with Sandine is Sandine going to be a guy that's, um, on your playoff roster. How long is Bogosian going to be really out for? I think it's at least a month and that's a big loss. Cause I really liked Bogosian. I think he was great. Uh, he's that stay at home defenseman great in front of the net. I know Kobe, you follow that like Bogo Norris page yeah, on, on Instagram? I follow Bogo Norris religiously. I remember the owner of that account like had a stroke when um when he when he uh when he joined the Leafs. Like he I thought he was gonna shut the account down. It was yeah, but uh yeah, Zach Bogosian is awesome. He's such a beauty. He's the only guy on the Leafs other than maybe like Jason Spezza, who I'm like, nice. What a beauty. <laughs> Yeah, so so I I hope he he comes back in, and I think he's going to be a big uh, part in in the playoff run. Just the he won a cup last year too. He's yeah. got the experience. I think he he'd be great. Um, 
But yeah, I think we've talked enough about the Leafs. Uh, let's move on to the Philadelphia Flyers, Matt. Philadelphia Flyers. Do you have to? <laughs> like... Yeah, I, I got it. I got it down here. Um, we 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 touched on the Predators. We we haven't touched on the Capitals. We will touch on the Caps a little bit too. Um, but yeah, the the Flyers. What's going on with them this year? Like so much hopes. Everybody's talking about them making the playoffs for sure and and going on a long playoff run. They made it to the. Uh, but no, second round last year, Carter Hart, Vezina Caliber. What happened in your eyes? I, I, I need to take a moment to like, before I go off on this. <laughs> Raising his blood pressure. <laughs> hey, dude, Peter Laviolette said, uh, what did he say the other day? Um, wasn't it like um, this? Didn't He didn't guarantee they were going to make the plans, but didn't he say something about along the lines of like, they're going to make it or something. And I checked the standards and I'm like, what? He said that? Really? He said, he said something, something like that? Something, I swear I, I saw I want to look it up now. <laughs> well, and he was just like, um, I don't know what he said, uh, but he said something. And I don't being like, what? The coach yeah, of the Capitals on. said that? Oh, yeah. He's oh, the oh, fire right. coach. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he's all right. I was thinking he's the fire coach, but no. Oh. Oh, uh, no, that makes no, more sense. No, 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 no. I'm on one. Me, Scoot. I'm on one. Yeah, Washington's going to make some... it for sure. Uh, yeah, I was on one. I don't know what I'm talking about because for some reason my mind was like, oh, yeah, he's still coaching the Flyers, but he literally coached National last year. I'm on one. <laughs> cut, cut this out. <laughs> Dude, cut this out. Because he was talking about the cats. Never mind. I'm, no, that would have made more sense because he was very adamant. Like, we're doing it this year. And I'm like, <laughs> I was just like, what? But in my mind, no, I'm like on one. Boys, I, I'm on a two-week bender. It's like I'm like me speaking final season, really getting in my head. Just just cut this, take this part. We need Matthew Choi's nasty editing skills. And post cut it on it. Instagram. This is the yeah, yeah, this is staying <laughs> in, Kobe. <laughs> Yeah. I was just wondering, like, why, did, why is this guy still talking about the Flyers? Like, he hasn't coached there in like six years. Me, me, Scoos. Da, 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 da. Yeah, my bad. Ha 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 ha. Uh, me sorry. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I do wish Laviola was still coaching the Flyers because you know, I'll, I'll take him over at Vignola game day. We were a playoff team when uh, Laviola was coaching the Flyers. Um, I don't know. I think with the Flyers, like, you know, people like to like, put the thing on Car Hart. I, I'm not too worried about Hart. Like, I was kind of talking to you guys a bit about this before in the podcast. Like, I do think that this is just. A slump, and he he and he's a young goalie. Like some, this is like his third year in the league. Some goalies don't even come to the league at his age yet. Like they take it even longer to develop. So I'm not overly concerned about Carhartt. What I'm concerned about is most honestly coaching, because I just don't think Vigneault's system fits with the Flyers whatsoever. I, I think, I think like he tried to definitely make Flyers like he tried something last year. And like it did work for a regular season, and but it, it just kind of felt through the playoffs. And I think he's been trying to kind of change things up ever since, and it just he hasn't found the right footing this season as a coach. And you know he tries to play a lot more like, on the defensive hockey with these guys that aren't very like defensive oriented. Like none of our forwards, other than Couture and like even Drew, who by the way, Drew Claude Drew is an underrated uh, defender in my opinion. I think he he's always credit for being a playmaker, but he doesn't get enough credit for how he does things on both ends of the ice. But other than them, our defense has been kind of off. We lost Niskanen, and because we lost Niskanen, Provorov lost that kind of that stable line mate that he needs. 
I think Provov is a number one defenseman, but he needs a solid number two to kind of like keep him there. And he lost that. And I just don't think I just think the Flyers look lost around. They I think this is the most lost they've ever looked in like the past few years. And I can't believe I'm saying this because we've had Dave Haxtell as our coach for three years. Okay. And I, I, I at that time I thought this is the most lost we've looked, but at least we had pretty bad team when Haxel was our coach. Not that Haxel was that great coaching, but we didn't have a great team. I mean, Mike Raffle was our first line left winger. <laughs> you know, and then like, but this, I think this is probably the best on paper. This is the best looking fires team we've had in the past decade. And, but this is the worst we've ever played. I think, you know? Uh, okay. I don't know. Here, that, here's where well, you, you fine. Peter, you go first. <laughs> I was just going to say that is the most calm way I've heard you talk about Alan Vigneault in a long time, Matt, especially given all the tweets I see where it's just capital letters, hashtag fire AV. <laughs> I know, uh, I know that there's more, more to that story than, uh, than you've let on, but uh, I quick, just hot prediction. I feel like we could definitely see for the second time, Alan Vigneault and John Tortorella switch spots switch head coaching positions like they did with New York and Vancouver. Yeah. I could see Tortorella going to Philly and I could see uh, Vigneault going wow. to Columbus. That's a big that's hot take. A, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how Tortorella hasn't been fired yet, but he might after this season. Did you, did you guys hear what uh, Elvis Merz Lincoln said at his press conference? No, you didn't I hear. Saw, I saw, but like, I just didn't watch it. I know that he said something and he didn't. Yeah. Say I want to play it. I don't think this would be copyright. I I wanna I wanna <laughs> I wanna see this. Um, I think Tim and friends reposted it on Instagram. It was hilarious, and he throws Buffalo under the bus too. It okay. I I don't know if we should be laughing at this. He's he's pretty sad, but but here you go. I'm tired. Like I'm tired of uh, of losing the game. I, I know we are trying, but uh, this is getting embarrassing. I can't sleep. Like seriously, I'm. Uh, it's what we lost now. Seven straight games. Correct. This is this is really sad. It hurts. Like for me personally, it hurts. And seven games, like that's really heavy. Yeah. That's seriously heavy. And and I don't know. Like I don't want to get like to Buffalo. Like that's the like I don't want to get to that point like Buffalo. Seriously. <laughs> I, I just oh. love how he throws Buffalo under the bus at the end. Yeah, poor Buffalo. Oh my gosh. I, I just want to say. Right. To, Go ahead. Uh, I, was, I just have to say to what uh, Peter said about like, Torello and Vigneault. Like, I find I find it amazing that like these guys like they they kind of just switch teams and like because they coach so similarly. Like I don't get what these teams are looking for when they try to make this change because they're kind of just like, okay, we don't like the way this guy's been doing the job here we're going to find another guy who's been doing the exact same thing for another team. You know, I, I don't, and like, you know, I don't disagree that what you're suggesting may actually happen. Cause that, that's the kind of weird thing. It really is possible that that can happen. And my question will be why, because <laughs> we are so sick of the way uh, Vigneault has been kind of like running this offense. Our offense has been like looking like kind of uninspired for like the past season. And are we really going to hire the coach that, Kind of stopped Patrick Liney from being that kind of goal scorer that he was. And but when I ask myself, are we going to do that? My question is, we actually might. Yeah. Flyers are a team that would do something like this. And it's really possible that what you're suggesting right now. 
these guys have managed to lengthen their careers both off of one Stanley Cup finals appearance and they've just milked it ever since I I can't I honestly I can't believe John Tortorella is still in the league as much as I appreciate him as a personality uh I I don't think I think it's time to bring in some new some new coaches from uh probably the AHL hire Casey Torres Casey Torres I, here, here's here's why I don't agree with the Tortorella going to Philly. In my eyes, the Philadelphia Flyers core needs to be split up or revamped or just completely torn down. I don't think they have the star power anymore. Like Claude Drew is not in his prime anymore. He's coming to the end of his career. Voracek isn't what he used to be. Yeah, Couturier has been good. Yeah, Konechny has been a bit of a bright spot. But season on or off exactly they don't have that number one center anymore like nolan patrick they thought it was going to be him it's definitely not nolan patrick i think they need to go on a full kind of rebuild like they have heart hearts their piece yeah up front their forward court needs to be completely retooled i think and and if you bring in tortorella it just wouldn't make sense to do that with like a young team that's that's gonna go into a bit of a rebuild he wouldn't want to be a part of that he's gonna just make these guys not want to play for him because he'll he'll just get angry at them and bench them and sit them and not give them minutes um so i would look at more of like a uh a transitional kind of coach um someone to help with the young guys who's Maybe like a, an OHL coach or an AHL coach to come in and, and I mean, help. worked out with Sean Keith. Exactly. Worked out with Keith. So, yeah, and just in my eyes, I don't think, like, even right now, the Philadelphia Flyers core, if this Flyers team was to make the playoffs, and we saw it last year, they didn't have that one guy that just stood out and stole a series for them or stole a game for them. Right, I think they're they're missing that that star power because you need that in the playoffs. You need that one guy, Ovechkin, of, with the Capitals, Crosby with the Penguins. Um, who who else won the cup recently? The Blues. They had O'Reilly step up. Um, yeah, yeah, honestly, some it might be like you, you might you might disagree on me on this. I do think that Drew can still be that player, I, I, even though he's is on the edge of his prime. I don't think he's going to be like this for much longer. I think as of now. He still is that player. He just needs to write line mates to kind of I like. I think you're delusional. Uh, <laughs> I think Drew is well past being that guy. I yeah. think there's no way he reaches that point production, and Philly is simply not going to put those line mates around him. Drew, if you want to see him, you know, have any final sparks before he retires, he's got to get out of Philly for sure. Or drop uh, to like the third line. <laughs> and, and like true. just stay on the team go play a depth role and then have better guys up front no, here's uh, here's the thing with that like we, he's been on the third line earlier this season and that's when he's been kind of slow when he moving back on the first line when he gives him when Vigneau gave him those minutes he kind of like had those look better stretches in the season so that's not, that's something he still I'm, I'm not saying he really is that player right now I think he still can be I think I'm saying I'm not, he's not at the moment like what is he 33 yeah how's he gonna get better <laughs> it's not he's, he's on not the deep line i think he's still he's still a great player he just hasn't been he hasn't been producing as much as he should be he's playing when you watch when i watch fire games he looks better than what he's producing that's all i think i think he's a lot of it is com- there's a huge luck factor to the way true plays and i think 
his numbers don't support how well he's been playing for the Flyers, I think. I think he's easily still the, far away the best player on the Flyers roster right now, even though his numbers don't really support that. The numbers may kind of look like Couturier made the better player right now, or JVR is playing better, but Drew is still kind of that guy on the Flyers. He kind of, when he's on the ice, everyone plays better, but they just have, but that rest of the team just isn't good enough yet. And it's not going to be like this forever. I realize that's like, this is only going to be for maybe one or two years left, but I do think at the moment, he can still be that player. He just doesn't have a team for it. Yeah. Um, just to hop in real quick. What you said about how uh, – how because you watch him every game. You know how he plays, and it doesn't reflect his stats. Um, yeah, I agree with you on that because um, I see the same thing out of Matt Duchesne. Um, like, looks really good. Everybody looks a lot better when he's on the ice and just dance around everybody but just doesn't finish and isn't racking up points. So um, I'll, I'll take your side on that. Cause I, I, that, that, that type of stuff hits close to home. Cause sometimes the, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's the same with Nashville. I, I just don't think Duchesne is a first line center. No, I don't not. think Johansson no. is a first line center. I don't think they're good enough to, to make a long playoff run because of uh, those reasons. No, no, of course not. Especially look at like, look at this, look at the division we're in. Like, yeah, maybe Carolina will finish. will uh, we'll finish first, but like, it doesn't matter who we play Carolina, Tampa or uh, Florida. We're no, we're not winning. Like we don't have the depth and we don't have um the scoring touch and also like everybody's hurt. The only the only way that I could see us like maybe like scraping past one of those teams and just kind of getting lucky, like we need Philip Forsberg back. Um, because without that, like Duchesne Johansson, man, like, oh yeah, they're they're not they're not first line centers and it really sucks. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah. I think yeah, the Flyers and 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 Preds are kind of in that weird spot right now. We're we're, like, we're, we're, spot, we're not the worst teams in the league, but we're, clear, we're we don't have enough to kind of like say that we have an entirely bright future either, and that we're yeah. going to be like the top teams in a few years. So we're, we're in that purgatory type of like position. Which, to be honest, Flyers have been for the last like 10, 20 years. So yeah, there you go. I'm not, I'm not totally um, like oh, we have no future like. You know, we Tolvanen is uh, finally starting to play actual hockey. Um, he's really come to his own this season. Um, his time on the power play has really, really enhanced the 200 foot game, and he's way better five on five now. Um, so that's really nice. Um, we've also got in a few years, um, fingers crossed, uh, Askarov uh, develops into what he's supposed to develop. But they into. already have Soros. You said he's going to win the Vesna, right? <laughs> hey, I didn't say with Nashville. No, dude, I don't know what is going to happen. Dude, if a Scar- So, Rene, yeah, Rene's going to retire like this year, maybe next year. But, um, yeah, when Askarov comes in, if he's like really nasty right off the bat, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, is we're going to have to pick, it's, we're going to have two very good goalies. And, um, but if it pans out, you know, like Askarov could be a dud, young goalie. He is very far for me to develop by the time um by the time Ascaro's developed and he's if he turns into what he's supposed to be like Saros could be long gone you know what I mean we could be in a rebuild um I have no like we have no idea but I'm not too worried about uh about a future also what's that other guy's name uh shoot who's on team Canada um T- Tomasino Tomasino's pretty nice with it too so uh and you know we've still got Yossi locked up um if we you know let's say we resign at Cove and uh I think Ellis, Ellis has a few years left. If we can kind of modify what we have and then we have these young guys come up and are really good, yeah, maybe we can shave off Duchesne. I'm okay with shaving off Duchesne and Johansson. 
in the next few years and maybe picking up some prospects or some picks because we're yeah we're we're i don't know like yeah I think we're this off season could be big yeah, yeah i think so yeah i think so a lot of big decisions are going to be made i mean david Poyle went out and said the other day we're not losing at home in the expansion draft uh, i don't want to yeah, I don't want to lose Ekholm. I want to resign him. I don't want to lose Ekholm. Um, you know, like I'm, yeah, I'm like Gramlin. We're off to resign Gramlin. But yeah, this off season is going to be, um, it's going to be a big one for Nashville. It's really going to set out. Um, it's really going to map out or set the foundations down for what the next few years are going to look like for us. So definitely, yeah, yeah, and we'll see how far they go in the playoffs. I don't know if they'll make it past the first round. You don't sound like you're too confident either. But hey, maybe well, they do surprise some teams, and or maybe they they do something. You know, if they make it, if they make exactly, if, if they make it, if we make it. But hey, you know, uh, we knocked off Chicago as the last place seed, and they were the first seed in 2017. So anything's possible. Do I think that's going to happen this year? No, but it's better. Like the way I see it right now is Nashville's either gonna just miss the playoffs by a point or two, or just get in the playoffs by a point or two. And you know, people always go, like, "Oh, I'd rather not make the play." Like, all the classic Leaf fan stuff a few years ago. It's just like, "Oh, I'd rather not make the playoffs than." Make it lose in the first round, because I would I would hear that stuff all the time. I'm like, okay, whatever. But if it's the difference between like one spot in the draft in a year where the draft is so like wonky, you could draft like the next Sidney Crosby, like you know, like the fifth round or something. You know what I mean? Because of because of COVID and whatnot, what we talked about in our documentary. Um, I don't care. I would rather make the playoffs than pick like one pick higher in a draft that's going to be so yeah, wonky. So, that's true. It's fun to watch. It's exciting to watch. <laughs> Gives me something to get excited about. Gives me something to drink about on Tuesday night. So, mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on to a team that's definitely making the playoffs. And I want to touch on them because Peter's a big fan. The Washington Capitals. Um, yeah, they've been having a great year. Anthony Mantha. Wow, what a pickup he's been from Detroit. He looks really good on, in the top six there. Um, Ovechkin, you know, had a bit of a slow start to the year, but he's picking it up. John Carlson looks great. Um, Samsonov was hurt earlier, but he's back. He's good. Oshi. Oshi. Good. So, yeah. so, so I guess the question is like that division is kind of tough still. You, you don't have the Flyers, yeah. but you have the, the Penguins, you got the Islanders, um, the Bruins. I had to do it. You know, they, they were the favorites. They were, they were the close to the favorites heading into the season. Um, but What's your confidence level with, with the Capitals now being able to make it out of their division in the playoffs? Very low, ah. to be honest. I know they're first place in the division. Um, I've actually, I, I, I don't believe that they are as good as their record appears. I think there is a very good chance that uh, any of those teams could knock them out of the playoffs. Uh, they might not make the but make it past the first round. But uh, I think I would not expect them to win a series against um, against the Islanders or Pittsburgh for sure. Okay. Wow. Um, it's just, I, first of all, I don't have a lot of faith in their goaltending. Um, like I, to me, it's just, it's not the same as having what they had in Braden Holtby, the, the Vesna winner in Vanacek and, and Samsonov. Um, but also, you know, Ovechkin is as much as he's still like fourth in the league in goals, Ovechkin, his play has looked like it's significantly declined. Like he, he's not the same explosive skater that he was last year as, as crazy as that might seem. 
Um, and also, as much as I do love the Mantha pickup, and I think for the future, that was a very smart move. Vrana just clicked with this team. Like he, he really did. Uh, and he just, in all these games, we're watching him scoring six, seven goals sometimes. Vrana seems to always be putting up tied for the most points or second most points in those games. And I think, I think they're going to miss him come playoff time. But uh, as long as Justin Schultz comes back healthy um, for their defense, I'd say they have a good shot of getting past Boston, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't predict them to beat the Islanders or the Penguins. Free Craig Anderson. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely good points there. Um, I don't know. I think I would be giving them a little bit more credit. Like Pittsburgh is a good team. Islanders are good teams. Um, Islanders obviously great defensively. Um, I don't know. It's a toss up. I think, I don't know if it's like a, for sure, like, no, no, it's, it's I think they could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to see it. Um, but I don't know, like to have Ovechkin and Kuznetsov go from being your two, obviously Matthew knows what this is like, but, uh, to have like your two biggest stars really, really decline. Yeah. Uh, and, and then to go to the playoffs, I think it's, it's going to be a toss up. I don't know if you can rely on these, these new, point producers to to show up in the big games but yeah. it might just be more speculative than anything so i think i don't know we'll see i think, I, I think uh, washington has like they, they still have definitely like a good chance i think the biggest question isn't really on washington itself is just that those first four teams in that division are probably I, i'd say are the strongest top four in any division in hockey right now like mm-hmm. i think like they're the only that's the only division where the top four is kind of already like definitely bonafide it's definitely going to be that four team and that's the kind of reason why maybe what maybe you already watched the will make out because the teams that they have to face to get past the divisions are harder than any other teams in our divisions have to face but that makes the washington still a great team they still haven't played they still haven't having a great season and so it's I, like don't think we can count completely either it means if they do make it out of their division they are dangerous like they could actually win the cup if they make it out but that's the hardest part um, and now actually, I think just to end off the show, cause we only have like six minutes left in this call and I don't want to keep you guys on for another one. Let's do some predictions. Who's going to make it out of each division and then who wins the cup? Because the NHL format is kind of weird. If you guys don't know, it's, if you win the division, then the, the remaining four teams get like reseeded. So it's not like a bracket style. It's like the, the top yeah. team plays the bottom team and second place third. So we can't really pick our our western conference final eastern conference final matchup so let's just do who makes it out of the, each division and then who wins the stanley cup all right anyone want to go first i guess i'll go first um i'll start with the canadian division because i know all of you guys are going to say the leafs and yeah the leafs have a really good chance but i'm gonna say winnipeg um just 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 play a little devil's advocate here i think they look really good um especially you know they have the defending vesna trophy uh, winner in Connor Hellebuck, a uh, Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley. I don't know if Wheeler's back. Wheeler's back, right? Or is yeah. he close to coming back? Yeah. Uh, Blake Wheeler. Um, you know Neil Point's looking good. They have a really good, well-rounded team. And as you guys, as you guys saw last year, Pierre Luc Dubois rose to the occasion in the first round. Um, so uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Winnipeg out of the the Canadian division, and then hmm, I'm gonna say what what. We got okay. The cent the central division is Nashville's division. Who do you think yeah. is going to make it out of there? 
Well, every year when I pick my playoff bracket, I always put Nashville into the cup. Just for <laughs> uh, I do. I think, I don't know. I want Nashville to make it out, but as I said before, I don't really think so. That's a very up in the air one. Like that could go either way because, um, Tampa Bay getting, uh, Kucherov back, like, holy crap, they're going to be unstoppable. But, at, oh man. And there's defending Stanley cup champion. Vasilevsky is like untouchable. Like, this guy is like a brick wall. Like it's impossible to get a puck on it, like in on this guy. Nashville got lucky and beat them seven three because McElhenney was in net. Um, so actually, no, was it seven three? I don't even know. I messed. Kobe, up. we got four minutes left here. I need a oh, prediction. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, 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 okay. I was in Carolina. Carolina was awesome. They have three. Uh, they have a three-headed dragon with their goalies and Reimer, um, uh, Nadelkovich, and um, you know Morazic. Yeah. Uh, next division. Uh, what's the next division? East again? division, the Capitals division. Um, I'm gonna say Boston because I like Boston. Uh, I love David Pasternak. I love when they yeah. beat the Leafs. All and right, then West more, West division, the Vegas, uh, Colorado. I, I, that's a tough one for me because uh, I'm very loaded with Vegas and Colorado players in fantasy. But um, I Colorado. I think Colorado's gonna win the cup. So uh, I'm gonna say Colorado's gonna get out of the division. Colorado is gonna win the cup when uh, they get random back from COVID too. So there. Sorry right. to. It's good, All Peter. Right, I'll be I'll be real quick with this one. I'm going right. to say it's going to be the Lightning out of the Central. It's going to be the Islanders out of the East. It's going to be the Leafs out of the North. And it's going to be Colorado out of the West. And to win the Cup, uh, I'm I'm also going to go with the Avalanche. Okay, Matthew Choi. I'm going to have Florida coming out Central. Okay. I want to have the Islanders coming out of the east. I'm gonna have Toronto coming out of the north. Oh, man, this is gonna the West is hard. I'm really debating between Vegas and Colorado. Yeah. Cause I honestly I have either of these two teams winning Stanley Cup, but whichever one comes up, I'm not sure which one. You know, just say something different. I'm gonna go Vegas. Just say something different for you guys. True. Okay. All right. I'm gonna say something different too. Central, I got the Carolina Hurricanes. I think you guys are underestimating them. I think they could actually make some noise. I know Tampa's getting Kucherov back, but we'll see. I'll go Carolina. In the East Division, I'm going to go with the Capitals. I have a little bit more faith in them. I think that they can make it out. The Penguins will be tough as well. It could be like between those two. In the North Division, and I know, I hope it's not biased, but Toronto Maple Leafs, I think they can actually win it and make it out. Um, If not, Montreal. And honestly, if Montreal makes it out, I can see them winning the Cup. Because that means Carey Price is getting hot. I think that they could go all the way if they make it out of the division. Uh, but then in the West, I got to go with Colorado as well. Um, to win the Stanley Cup, it's a tough one. I'll say it's going to be Leafs and Avalanche in the final. And I'm going to say the Avalanche win it, unfortunately. That, that could happen. Um, but hey, our predictions could be completely wrong. They could be right. We'll see what happens. I'll keep track of the predictions. And yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, make sure you guys watch the documentary. The documentary is in the description below. Follow all these guys on Instagram and Twitter. I'll put their Instagrams and Twitters in the description as well. Um, and yeah, any final remarks here? We got a minute left. Pray for Joey, Decord. Joey Decord's not winning a Vesna <laughs> trophy. Dude, and, the, right. and the Leafs aren't winning the Cup. So uh, I guess, uh, you know. I really wanted to say Leafs to win the cup, but I don't know. Colorado's going to be tough to beat. Honestly, it would be so heartbreaking if they lost in the cup final, but let's hope they, if they do lose, make it be, let it be the Eastern Conference final. <laughs>
Um, anyways, that's it. Thank you guys for watching. We'll be back next week. See you guys later. Take care and peace.